0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Blake Ruffino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Massive show in store for you tonight as we will preview LSU versus number three, South Carolina. A massive, massive matchup here this weekend. Or actually, I don't... Thursday's not a weekend, but you know what I mean. Uh, Starting tomorrow, as the Tigers go up to Columbia as they're on their way now to take on the Gamecocks. So we'll break that down. The Gamecocks are one of the hottest teams in the country right now. They're coming off a big win last night versus North Carolina as they continue to roll. They have four dudes that are absolutely mashing the ball, like Cole Messina, uh, uh, Braylon Wimmer, and, and Ethan Petry, who is absolutely mashing the ball. He is number two in the conference behind Dylan Cruz and batting Navage at 439 with 13 bombs. So we'll talk about him as well. We'll give you a spring update, spring football update, some things that I'm hearing around LSU football over the last couple of days. We'll give you a D-line coaching search update uh, and t- uh, talk a little bit uh, about that as well. Uh, Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up Show uh, does a fantastic, fantastic job. He will join us at seven thirty to talk about the South Carolina Gamecocks. Looking really forward to talking to him. You know, somebody told me the other day, um, guy that LSU fan that lives in South Carolina who follows him, follows his show, said that he that we remind each other or remind him, um that we remind him of each other or something. I don't know how to word that, but you know what I mean. Um, But does a fantastic job with his podcast, uh, his sourcing, uh, and a really, really good Gamecock guy that we're going to go to uh, here tonight. We will give a recruiting update. Is it about to rain in the bayou? Let's talk on that. We will after uh, Chris Phillips leaves us. We'll go around your SEC, the SEC matchups that start this weekend. And we will bump up uh, tonight the hashtag AskBlake. Um, we, uh, we, <laughs> we will do that um, as well. We'll do that as well. So let's get to a couple of these comments before we get rolling. Shelton at Broad says, how solid is Essie's pitching what about their depth? Well, last night uh, Eli Jones, their Thursday night starter, through the eighth inning struck out the side against North Carolina. Going to be interesting. I want, that's why I'm bringing on Chris to talk about it because with them throwing Ethan or uh, Eli Jones last night, how does that mix up the pitching rotation? Now, South Carolina has had some injuries. With them having some injuries, uh, I am interested to find that out. Delton Ducey says, smash that like button. Absolutely, y'all smash that like button. Don't be a Rudy Poo. Hit the like and share. Share to all of those social media groups and social media pages. Y'all know the deal, dog. Y'all know the deal, bro. Come on now. You know the deal. Anyway. So a really good show in store for you here tonight. Um, let me do this. Uh, Roger Dugas says, ah, ha, ha, we are live. that we are. Um, I'm going to mispronounce your name, but I'm going to try my best. Uh, can, I don't want to butcher your name, man. I don't want to butcher up, your name, but he says, keep up the good work. Thank you. I'm sorry, I'm very bad at pronouncing names. Uh, but thank you so much. Uh Timmy Martin says, hashtag like is Shores going to be the game three starter or is Riley Cooper? Neither. It's going to be Christian Little. It's going to be Christian Little. So Jay Johnson to uh, announce that the Saturday starter is going to be Christian Little. I would expect, I would expect um, there to be. A, a, I think Saturday, from a pitching standpoint, is going to look a lot like what you saw last night. And it's what we talked about last night on the show. I really think it's going to be by committee. It's exactly what LSU did a year ago. They're going to do it again. We'll talk about that here tonight. Uh, Nikki Hughes on Facebook. I met Miss Nikki at LSU's football practice a couple weeks ago. She says, hey, Blake, let's go. Hello, Miss Nikki. Her son, Jeremiah Hughes, is on the LSU football team. Good to meet her. Good to meet her husband. Um, It was good to be out of practice. It was hotter than, I can't say. (laughs) Wait on yonder on the Chattahoochee. It gets hotter than a hoochie coochie. Jason Tabor sends us some stars via Facebook. Thank you so much, Jason, for doing that. We appreciate you doing that, our good friend. So let's do this. Let's get this thing rolling y'all. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of that so all of those social media groups, share to all of those social media pages. If you're listening to us on Facebook, guys, you are absolutely killing it. It for us this year, you are going to put us in a stratosphere that we have never been in. Everybody that watches on Facebook, thank you so much. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe, hit the notification bell, all of that stuff. We appreciate you joining us live here tonight. If you're listening to us on YouTube, also the same thing. Like, subscribe, notification bell, all of that good stuff. Share to Twitter, share to Facebook, share it to your mama and them. Let them know that Blake at AYS is live. If you're listening to us on the TuneIn app or you're listening to us on SiriusXM, thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe or wherever you listen to two podcasts all right let's do this let's talk about a good friends over at gm varnell and sons and a good friends over at betonline.ag guys we're back in one minute let's preview some south carolina lsu top three matchup next betonline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports contest events with the first to market odds in lines Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe fifty. That's Believe fifty B L E A V five zero to receive your fifty percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. With over sixty-five years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them you good friend Play Blake Rufino, sit you on by. We're back! Tyler Townsend says, let's go. LSU baseball is the next national champion. Boy, do I hope so. It'd be a great run during the summer to get us into LSU football. Boy, would that be something. Boy, would that be something. Jeff on Facebook says, hashtag ask Blake, do you insert K Beloso it back into the lineup? I'll talk about that here tonight. Alston Greer says, and he put a couple of these together, but he says, our bullpen is not as solid as it was a year ago, Sanders is a huge question mark. Uh, Mahoney is inconsistent. Oh, their bullpen. Oh, no, I read that right. Our bullpen is not as solid as we would like right now. Sanders is a huge uh, question mark. Mahoney is inconsistent, uh, but should be fine. And and who knows how healthy Hall is? That's very true. So we'll talk on that tonight. And he's talking about Noah Hall, um, their they're best guys. So, look, let's get this thing rolling, y'all. Let's get this thing rolling, y'all. As interesting as this may sound, as interesting as this may sound, guys, the Tennessee matchup last weekend was big. It was massive. It was a big thing. It was a big turning point in your program that you were able to take on Tennessee, a team that had had kind of just beaten you down a little bit. The last couple seasons, first year under Jay Johnson, last year under Paul Palmineri, you kind of got beat down by him Emotionally, psychologically, it was a big deal that you took down Tennessee, regardless if they're having a down year. This matchup versus South Carolina, from a standpoint of rankings, from a standpoint of just overall seeding. From how do you compare against one of the best teams in college baseball? This kind of is a bigger series than last weekend. It's on the road. You go to a hostile environment. You go and play a team that's coming off an emotional high, beating a uh, uh, one of if not one of their bigger rivals in North Carolina. They are just a really good overall team. Petry, Gavin, or Ethan Petri is hitting four thirty nine. 13 home runs and 42 RBIs. Braylon Wimmer is hitting 330, 8 home runs, 28 RBIs. Gavin uh, Casas is hitting 308, 15 long balls and 36 RBIs. And then Cole Messina is hitting 316 with 10 home runs and 36 RBIs. Guys, their front four of their lineup is ridiculous. Combined, they are hitting 350 with 46 home runs and 142 RBI. Think about that for a minute. From a hitting standpoint, it might be a little bit like you facing LSU in that front four. Now, the question, the question becomes, what does South Carolina do when they face arguably and what most people believe to be the number one team in the country. They've had some really good wins. They've had some really good series. They play, they swept Mizzou. They, they've done some good things. I just don't know if this South Carolina team has faced an opponent like LSU. Now, Friday night or Thursday night is going to be interesting because Eli Jones, their Thursday night guy who had been pretty solid for them in that game one of an opening SEC series, he had been pretty solid. To give you an idea how solid he was, especially last night, he came into the eighth and struck out the side. Now, where does LSU really thrive in in this series to me? South Carolina's only got two lefties. You've had some struggles at times with them. Will Sanders, 5.17 ERA, 37 strikeouts, um, 10 base on balls, 31 innings pitched. The question is how healthy is Noah Hall? Noah Hall is, gonna, is maybe arguably their best arm, had 43 strikeouts, um, nine base on balls, and 41 innings. And then we'll see with Jack Mahoney in that third game what they can do. But they're top-to-bottom, guys. South Carolina is a really damn good baseball team. A really damn good baseball team. So is LSU. I think that this is going to be one of the biggest matchups that you will have maybe in the regular season from a standpoint of how much South Carolina has talent-wise. What they can do in baseball. That environment. If LSU goes on the road... If LSU can go on the road to Columbia, now I'm going to ask Chris about uh, the weather this weekend. But if they can go on the road and take two out of three from a top three team, guys, you're starting to get to a situation where it's like it's not like beating Alabama in a way. I kind of feel like Tennessee might have been like that last, you know, this past weekend from an emotional and psychological standpoint but it's like beating the next best team that you will, you will see all year. South Carolina could be that. So as we break this down, it will be live post game tomorrow night, live after the game. Uh, it's going to be really fun. Cause I think it's just going to be that massive of a series. I I just look at this team in a whole different light. I look at this team in a whole different angle. And quite honestly, I, I don't know what's going to happen now. Thursday night, Paul Skeens, I think that he shoves again. I think he's going to be locked down. That's how he's been all year. You're not going to probably more than likely get swept at all. Question becomes game two and game three. Now, it was announced today that Christian Little will start on Sunday. And like we talked about last night and like I'll continue to talk about, I think that Jay's going to experiment with the simple ideal and simple thought that you're in a place, you're in a situation where you might have to rotate guys like Christian Little might throw two innings. Then Riley Cooper might come in and throw two innings. Griffin Harry might come in and throw two innings. Then the rest of the guys in the back of that bullpen, an inning, inning, inning. That's how I think that it's going to go on Sunday. Jay did it last year. He did it last night. I think he was testing it out again last night. Now, will he tell me that? No. Will he tell anybody that? No. But Jay, since we've learned more about Jay Johnson, what has he told us? He's told us that his actions and what he tests out is always what he's going to do this upcoming weekend. I can go back last season when he did it the first time. Then he started doing it on Sundays started off with Mikel Hilliard will you remember how that started Mikel Hilliard was your game one guy God bless his soul wish the kid would be back this season he can give you be a lockdown guy for game three but he's not but he's not so we'll have to wait and see we'll preview this in about another 15 20, or about another 15 minutes or so when Chris Phillips uh joins us from the Spurs up podcast but nevertheless, nevertheless, it is going to be one of those series where the elect. Look, I don't know. I think it I think this is because of maybe this the simple scenario. Like, look, the parade's going on right now. Everybody's probably at the PMAC. There's so many things going on. Like, I get that. Okay. Maybe we're still on this high from women winning the women's national championship. And it's kind of funny that South Carolina and LSU were playing when both of those teams were in the women's final four. But I don't think anybody or we are talking enough about how good this South Carolina team is. And this is easily a a series that you can go up there and lose two out of three. Easily you could lose two out of three. So, I look at the landscape of all of this and ask myself the question, is this about to be the biggest matchup that we're going to have? Is South Carolina going to be the team that we look at at the end of the year and say, you know what? I'm sure glad that we took two out of three from South Carolina because they're the number two overall seed in the country. Like this weekend could be a a, a tipping point either which way. I think South Carolina is going to win the East. I think that they got enough hitting and enough pitching to take down Vandy. I'm not sold on Vandy yet. I'm not sold. They've played the three weakest opponents in the SEC. They literally have played the three weakest opponents in the SEC. I need to see them go up against somebody like a Paul Skeens or somebody like that Tennessee series is going to be massive for them. I want to see them go up against Florida. I want to see them pitch to Jack Caglione. Oh, buddy, there ain't one yeah okay here's another interesting thing very interesting thing south carolina is 18 and 0 at home 27 3 on the only year 18 and 0 at home they defend their house man and they're sponsored by on under armor click clack Pooh, you remember that commercial click clack did you get some under armor cleats because of click clack i did I did I got on Under Armour cleats because of it. I was like screw Nike and then I went back after 3 games. <laughs> I'm going to be honest man. We are, we are we are a Nike house around here. At home, I mean. We are a Nike house around here. I go full Booby Miles. Full Booby Miles when it comes to Nike's. I'm going to put a smile on face when I do it. <laughs> All right, I want to get to some of, uh, this recruiting update, and I want to get to a D-line coaching search really quickly. I know that I did not put that in the notes. Uh, I'll get to that here in just a second. Let me get to a couple of these comments, though, before uh, we do that. Pierce Lee says, Paul Skeens starts uh, cannot be wasted. I fully, fully agree with Pierce here spot on spot on you can't have an arkansas type of situation you just can't now look tommy tanks is hitting i mean look man you're one two three and four when it comes to do got, look this is not me being homerish i've watched a lot of college baseball a lot of college baseball this year Literally, when we get done with the show, I'm going to watch any college baseball I can find. Or the Yankees won today. They beat the Phillies. I'm going to watch anything. By the way, Aaron Nola gave up a, a very bad single back up the middle and they lost. Um, but, but there's nobody in the country. There is literally nobody in the country. When you had to face the top of the lineup, Duga. Morgan Cruz tanks. Not a better four. And I'm going to be I'm going to be I'll be real with you. I don't know if there's a better five. Because I'm getting to a point where for myself, I know that Jared Jones strikes out more than he should. When that dude hits balls that far and has been as hot as, as he's been, you know like we talked about the Tennessee series, we talked about the Arkansas series, and everybody's like, well, he struck out too much. Well, he also walked four times in that series. Yes? I don't, I don't okay, sounds good. High five. Go play. Close day's door. Tell Pooh hey. hey. <laughs> Did you hear him? All right. Close the door. Bye. love you. All right. My son, Ben. Nevertheless... Nevertheless, you, you, you. There's no team in the country that has a better five of Duga, Morgan, Cruz, Tanks, and and Jones. There just isn't. And what's going to happen when Morgan starts hitting better? I mean, hell, he was on fire this weekend. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Stephen Fry says anxious to see if Jay looks Gavin Gidry's direction. He talked about that, and he is. He says a little bit more moving forward. We talked about that too last night, but he did say that he had a great presence on the hill, and he has above average stuff. Stephen, that slider is sick. It's nasty. It's legitimately nasty. I'm a Gavin Gidry fan, man. I'm a Gavin Gidry fan. It will be interesting to see if he gets some work this weekend in the SEC. Um, I would love for him to, I would love for LSU to be up some runs and give him some work and pull them if you need to. Um, uh, but we'll see. Let me trans- transition really quickly. Cause we got about six minutes before Chris joins us, Uh, quick recruiting update. I told you last week on this show and on our message board, a $7 a month go subscribe. LSU was in line for some really good dudes now Dom McKinley out in Acadiana I don't know if he's going to commit until you get a D-line coach which I'll get to in just a second but man Deshaun McBride from Denham Springs you know how high I am on that kid Uh, Charleston Collins I did a full write-up on Charleston Collins you can go read it I think that he's really good Wardell Mack is another guy that we talked about religiously. Tylen Singleton, another dude. And Trey Des Green. I think that we broke the Trey Des Green story. Um, guys, this is what I'm learning about this 2024 class. Brian Kelly is one of the more patient human beings that you will ever meet in your life. And he's pa- he's, he's aggressively patient. All I'm going to tell you is this. I've been telling you this all offseason. Get ready. A storm is coming. Now, you've got to have patience, but it's coming. I think LSU is going to be a number three overall class. I think they can get in the top three with the guys that they're going to land. By the way, I didn't talk about Colin Simmons, which I think in the direction, in the direction, that you're trying to go defensively and on the defensive line, you could really pull him off if you go where I think you want to go. We'll see. With that being said, on that recruiting update, Deshaun McBride, uh, Charleston Collins, Wardell Mack, Tyler, uh, Tyler Singleton, Trey Moore, Don McKinley. Guys, if you get those dudes right there, Joel Roberts, you get those dudes, you're cooking with grease. Trade Green is now is, is a freak of nature. He is a, he is, he literally, literally is an Eric Gilbert without the baggage. Okay. Tyler Singleton, amazing stud. Charleston Collins, another dude. LSU's always going to be recruiting at a level that they need to recruit at. Now, if they get in the top three a lot of people are going to owe Brian Kelly an apology. They're going to owe Brian Kelly a massive apology. He doesn't like to recruit. He doesn't put good recruiters around him. You better be careful what you wish for because so many times we think about less and, and there's other dudes out here that all they do is want to talk about less and Ed. I get it. I get why you want to talk about those dudes Brian Kelly is not that guy, man. He's not that guy. You know what he wants, and he knows what he's got to do to get what he wants. He's got to recruit at a high level to get dudes here that they can not only be as talented as Harold Perkins, but be in a situation where they can compete with Alabama and others. Guys, 2024, you're making a playoff. If you're not making one this year. If you're not making one this year. Now, I know that LSU sits high already in these recruiting rankings. But as the summer continues, as it gets hotter outside and kids start committing, we'll see. You Can you, can you maintain, can you lock down that number, a top three spot? I think that you can. I think LSU is going in a direction where they can. And that's where you win it. If you can get a Don McKinley, if you can get a Charleston Collins, if you can get a Wardell Mack, if you can get a Deshaun McBride, guys, then you're then you're in a, a Joel Roberts. You're Then you're in a spot where you start feeling really good about the era of Brian Kelly. Not only are they winning massive games on the field, but they're doing so well in recruiting that it just makes you feel overall better about your program. And I think that that's coming. Actually, I don't think that it's coming. I know that it's coming. That's what she said. On this D-line coaching search, it's going to be interesting. Things are a little quiet. Not a lot to talk about. Brian Kelly said that he's going to wait a couple weeks. He's going to make the right decision for himself and this team and his players and the recruits, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to call a little BS on that called little BS. Is he telling the truth? Yeah, he's telling the truth. It's going to probably take a couple weeks. Does he have a target in mind and LSU is gearing up for what they need to do to get that guy out of there? Maybe. You mean to tell me that after Scott Woodward just got the first taste of a national title in women's basketball, that Brian Kelly goes to him and says I really want to go get him can we can can we fight this fight can we fight this war Scott says yeah we can fight this battle we can fight this war really interesting on some of the things you hear what lSU's trying to gear up to do now you're late in the process do some of these defensive coaches want to leave does a does a D-line coach want to leave after spring? You know, who knows? Who knows what they're thinking at the current moment? But I'm going to tell you something that hasn't been talked about by myself and others. I'm pretty sure LSU's gearing up to do what they need to do to go get a not just a good, but an elite D-line coach. Matt House talked about it this week. What did Matt House say about the defensive line? He's not wrong. They do got to get better. But he talked about this being a line of scrimmage league. And I think if there's anybody on the current staff of coaches, not named Brian Polian, that has Brian Kelly's ear more than anybody, it's Matt House. And what did Matt House just tell us literally yesterday? That it's a line of scrimmage league. We got to win up front. We got to recruit better there, et cetera, et cetera. I've been around this game too long not to know when a coach says something, right? When a coach says something, when you got Brian Kelly running out there, you have Matt House running out there, you got all of these Rudy Poos, not Rudy Poos, you get what I'm saying. You got all these dudes running out there, and they're talking about recruiting at a high level defensively. We'll see. All right, let's do this. Let's get over to our good friend Chris Phillips. We talked about him. I told you where he's from. You can follow him on Twitter at the Spurs Up Show. Let's talk some more South Carolina LSU. Massive, and I mean massive, baseball weekend between LSU and South Carolina Gamecocks. So about our good friends over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Guys, we're back in one minute. Chris Phillips, next. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Ruffino with AYS. We're back. All right, we're joined here by Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up podcast. Chris, I got to ask you one question before we get rolling. First off, how are you tonight? But secondly, where can I get get the big cock hat that you had the other night on your show? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's this guy right here, actually.
0: I Look at the, the, big, cock yeah. you, you the big cock club. You got to love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like always tell people. Blake, I always tell people, if you have to ask, you can't get in. But for you, my friend, <laughs> we'll make it happen. No, for you, man, hey, we, we got it on our online store, actually, over at uh, tsus.store, shameless plug, where you can find all of our merchandise. But, uh, Blake, I was going to say, man, I'm doing great tonight. I'm, I'm uh, having a very relaxing evening especially since the fact that I don't have to step in a box tomorrow night and face Paul schemes doing 100 miles an hour. So I'm doing pretty well. I'm pretty calm here on this uh, Wednesday. today. How you guys doing?
0: Doing good. So, Chris, let's start off with that. So last night, uh, shamelessly, as you you know, I, I got to be honest. My I, 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 So listen, I don't tell a lot of people this, but I'll, I'll say it here. The honeycut kid from North Carolina, I am a massive fan of. Massive. I've talked to the kid. We, you know, we, we've we've exchanged text messages back and forth. The kid is really good. He's a really good dude. So I was watching that game last night because I was really intrigued. Obviously, LSU is going to play South Carolina and Columbia this weekend. Eli Jones comes out into the eighth inning and strikes out the side. What can you tell us about that as a guy who's been a Thursday or game one starter? What do you think's going on with Eli Jones and this rotation for South Carolina at the current moment?
1: Yeah, well, you know, when you look at the record and the overall, you know, layout of this ball club right now, just what they've done, Blake, you know, it's fascinating, really, that storyline. Will Sanders returns to the rotation this weekend. He'll get the ball, get the start tomorrow night in game one. And he was sort of looked at, right? In the preseason, all everything, all American, uh, sort of like Paul Skeens for South Carolina, right? A, a, a big right hander, fireballer, if you will, can run the fastball up there, 96 97. But, uh, You know, it's just kind of struggled. Hasn't really been sharp. You know, didn't pitch all summer or fall of last year. And I think he just looked to be a bit rusty at this point in the season. So, wanted to switch things up. They gave him the weekend off. And Eli Jones, who had been a midweek guy and a bullpen guy up until this point, had pitched well, but just a midweek guy, got the opportunity last Thursday. And I thought he was fantastic, you know, at Mississippi State. And looked composed, looked calm, which I think is the big thing. Obviously, you go to an SEC school, Blake, you got good stuff. But the composure that he showed and the moxie and overall – Uh, you know, I I just thought he he embraced the moment. And, again, the stuff was good. He located, looked calm, and uh, did a great job for you. So, he pitches in that game last night. I would expect to see him out of the bullpen this weekend unless Noah Hall, uh, the Gamecock's normal game two starter, unless he cannot go uh, on Saturday, which if they get the game in, we'll see. I think the weather's obviously a big storyline this weekend, but – Uh, If Noah Hall can't go, I think Eli Jones is probably the next man up in regards to getting in that starting rotation. And certainly he should be with the job he did in Starkville. But, uh, yeah, he's got a bright future, man. I mean, he's a young kid. I think only his second year in the program and, uh, you know, runs the fastball 93-94. A lot of movement, though. Eli Jones is sort of like James Hicks where it's just like everything moves, everything dances. Yeah, last uh, night was ridiculous. Really good break. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's filthy. It plays. It plays for sure. So he misses barrels, man. That's what it comes down to. He might not have the most electric stuff on that staff, if you will. But he just flat out misses barrels and he pitches with confidence. And, you know, that can win in the SEC and that can win you a lot of ballgames. So I think Eli Jones is certainly I – mean, and this pitching staff, this pitching, you know, is really, Blake, the – you know, I say it's the calling card, but it's funny. You look at the offensive stats and you look at the home runs, and I think that's what everybody wants to talk about with South Carolina. But coming into the season, it was the immense amounts of pitching depth, the embarrassment of riches if you're on the bump of the Gamecocks we're hanging their hat on and sure enough like you know this when you have the pitching depth and you got guys who are confidently swinging the stick and you're getting hot at the plate that's why you're 27 and three and eight and one sec play so this weekend gonna be a lot of fun man it's uh it's good on good as they like to say in football that's exactly what we have this weekend
0: i'll ask you about you about the weather last because everybody wants to know everything in between before the weather is, is told right. uh are you surprised that south carolina is doing so good with the injuries that they have now you mentioned noah hall Noah Hall maybe being the the game two guy, but are you surprised that your that South Carolina is twenty seven and 18 and oh at home, eight and one in the conference with some of the just the the really bad injuries that they've had to overcome so far this year?
1: Well, when you you know Blake, when you think back to last year, they really haven't been as snake bitten as they were a season ago, where it just felt like every top pitcher suffered an injury. I mean that they were they were really scraping bottom right. of the barrel to to find guys to contribute on the bump so in comparison to last year they're pretty healthy now obviously you think about Carson Hornung Will McGillis those are some of your bigger sticks that are out right now due to injury nothing too too long term they'll be back in plenty of time for the postseason stuff like that but they are contributors that are out right now. You know, Jacob Compton, the Memphis transfer, he hasn't played all year, and that's something Kingston mentioned today, that, you know, a red shirt may potentially be in his future. I uh, then you talk about kind of the Noah Hall stuff right now, and I guess he's been dealing with this back thing all year long, and that right. really speaks to the competitor he is and just his toughness, if you will. But, so, you know, I'll just say this. Whether it be injuries or not, you want to factor them in, you don't want to factor them in. Am I surprised that South Carolina's is 27-3 and 8-1 and, eight and one in SEC play? I think if you're a Gamecock fan and you say no, Blake, you'd be lying to yourself. <laughs> you know, I, I really felt like this team, I, I mean, I really felt like with the pitching depth, this team was going to be a lot better. But I'll tell you this, Blake, just to be transparent, my preseason prediction for the Arcox was 34-22 and 22 and 15-15 and in SEC play. And you've got 27 wins through 30 games. So I, I don't think anybody saw this coming to this level. Um, you know, I, I felt like this team had a great chance to be much improved with the addition of Monty Lee on the coaching staff coming over from the uh, the arch rivals and assistant, now your hitting coach. There's obviously been a change in philosophy. We see that every single time the Yardcocks take the field. And also the way Mark Kingston flipped this roster, you know, LSU is very familiar with the transfer portal on how beneficial it can be. Correct. The did the same thing, man. I mean, you look, I think over, over half of their home runs have come from guys that were not on the roster a season ago. Again, you couple that with you're much healthier than you were this time last year. You got a bunch of guys also that were freshmen last year that were thrust in the fire. They're now sophomores making big contributions. I'm talking about the Hornungs, the Messinos, who, who, who's been a big-time guy right in the middle the lineup, the LeCroys, if you will. So, um, you know, I'm not surprised this team has vastly improved. But to be 27-3, and 8-1, and one, and to be sixth overall in the country right now in the rankings, I don't know that I thought it'd be quite that good. But uh, – I mean, it's been a fun ride, man. I mean, this is a team that we, I, I knew was immensely talented, and I said it all preseason. If they don't win, it's not because of a lack of talent. It's something else. And we all knew about the one of the big storylines is Mark Kingston, his job status, and kind of be on the hot seat, if you will, because the expectations at South Carolina are what they are. But, again, long story short, I'm a bit surprised at how good it is, but I'm not surprised, Blake, that this team is good. No, I'm not. This team has talent. And, uh, you know, again, you combine that pitching depth with – a hot lineup, and then again, Ethan Petrie, who I haven't even mentioned, maybe the best freshman in all of college baseball, been a pleasant surprise. But you couple those things together, and you know you get twenty-seven, three and eight and one in SEC play.
0: Yeah, so let's let's go on the offensive side of things, I, Chris, I don't know if you heard earlier, but at a Petry, Wimmer, Cassis, I think is how you pronounce his last yeah, name, Gavin Cassis. Cassis, and Cole Messina, who plays a pretty decent infield and first base. Uh, their combined batting average is three fifty. Chris, they have 46 home runs, 142 RBIs. I, that is the most dangerous front four that I think LSU will see all year. Uh, offensively, y'all lead the, the country in home runs. Let me, add, let me ask this because I saw you tweet something today or last night, I don't remember, and I thought it was funny. Because we have not seen, as LSU fans, Paul Skeens enough to really be like, Oh, you know, you got Paul Skeens. You know, sometimes when you get a new player, it takes a little while, a.k.a. Joe Burrow. But nevertheless, you tweeted out like, hey, guys, we're going up against Paul Skeens. But this lineup, this front four is the best that he's going to see all year, in my personal opinion, or at least that he's seen so far. What have you seen from the front four of this South Carolina Gamecock offense?
1: I mean, they're lethal. It reminds you of the old school Ray Tanner days when they had the murderer's row of smoke disher darnell and havens i don't know if you recall. it was, was ridiculous saying, you know, the yeah i remember teams, the most i would yeah i would say the most talented teams in south kind of history to not win a national championship, to not even get to omaha by the way that really speaks to the troubles they had in the bullpen and the pitching staff if you will but it really does remind you of just the old school days of those ray tanner teams that you know i i've had a bunch of guys on my show and talked to a bunch of guys and have relationships with a bunch of guys that played for ray tanner and you know, they said old school Ray would tell you that singles clog the bases. You know, let's hit home runs, let's, <laughs> let's hit it over the fence. You know what I mean? Like he, he you know, if you got the two zero, you'd look down there at third or third base of the dugout or whatever, and he'd just look at you and he'd just point. Like that's the <laughs> green light. Like let's go, let's go. We need a bomb. You know what I mean? So right. Uh, and it's in. You know, Mark Kingston's mentioned it too. It's in the culture. It's woven. Into the fabric of South kind of baseball, sort of like LSU, right? Like power, like power is. I mean, I think you guys don't you call it the power factory? I think that's LSU baseball. Yeah, that or gor-
0: gorilla ball is what they go right, gorilla. Right. Yeah, so go I mean, gorilla ball. Right,
1: right, yeah. So I mean, it's 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 just one of those things. And you look at, you know, again, you mentioned, you know, Petri's just been incredible. I mean, he he is on. I compare him to either a. A Grayson Griner or a Christian Walker as a true freshman. I mean, he's having that type of camp campaign, and maybe even better, I would say, at this point in his South a career, um, he, he's just seeing a beach ball right now. I think Cole Messina has sort of turned into the heartbeat of this ball club, and, I and agree really with that, that that leader. If you're that emotional leader, you know, every time I watch this ball club, he, he's making something happen. He's yelling at the dugout in a positive way, obviously, and leading this group. And I think that's a great thing to have, especially from your catcher. Right? You need that guy. Gavin Cassis, I mean what what a what a, a what a roll of the dice that has paid off immensely for Mark Kingston and company. You know, a guy that really didn't play all that much of Banner, but you know, he's got those ties, right? His brother's playing for the Boston Red Sox and you got that pedigree and I mean, dude, he's he second in the league in home runs South Carolina. He's right? second in he's the, the league in home runs at Founders Park. That park is built for big time left in hitters like Justin Smoke probably would have hit fifty in a season had he played there. I mean, the wind blows off that river left to right, blows out the right field. And if it really gets gusting, man, you can just pepper balls over that right field fence. So uh-huh. it's been a lot of fun to watch, man. I mean, again, it's really been a return of power. But the good news has been this, Blake, that we've seen power in the Mark Kingston era, but it's always felt like it was, this, it was coupled with feast or famine. I think this year what you're seeing is even when the home run's not there, they're being much more productive. But obviously the numbers, Blake, speak to it. And this team is at its best. When it's hitting home runs,
0: and thankfully that has happened a lot this season. Well, with Ethan Petrie, now that you say that, the, you know it goes from right and uh, from left into right field. I mean, he's hitting nukes out in left, so <laughs> that just shows you how uh, strong that kid is. All right, one more question before I, you know, I got to talk to you about Beamer Ball. Uh, one more question for, Um, how do you see this weekend playing out? Now we talked about you talked about the weather earlier. I want you to factor that in in your in your answer uh I guess give us an update on that and what's going on in South Carolina and then two how do you see this weekend playing out
1: so as we all know right they've got three days to play three games they can't play on Sunday which I don't really understand I don't think anybody really understands but it's SEC rule and I hate to talk about the weather because I hate to think about the fact they may not get three games in this weekend it'd be a damn shame and unfortunately you know I think the Rowdy Roosters is which is what we call the the best hecklers in all of college baseball if you will i think they'll show up they'll be loud they'll be proud tomorrow night how does it affect the atmosphere though i think if you're an lsu fan you got to really like that and then, eh, maybe we're not going to get the rowdiest environment at least in games two and three uh because realistically you know blake i think if they're going to get it in they're probably going to have to play that double header on friday and just try to get as much baseball as possible because saturday looks like a complete wash i mean 100 percent chance of rain and You know, I I know weathermen have missed before, but my God, if you miss on this one, (laughs) they ought to to cut his ass, man. I'm just telling you right now, they ought to cut his ass. The guy calling the weather for this this series, the guy calling the weather for the Masters, he ought to be gone because it's got to be the same jabroni. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, no doubt.
1: You know, it looks like to me they'll probably have to play two on Friday, but let's just assume they get all three in, right? I want to operate that way and be optimistic. You know, LSU hasn't swept anybody this year. I was taking a look, and that kind of surprised me, right? As yeah. good as they are, six and three in conference play. And it looks like to me it's been game threes that they've struggled in, giving them trouble. I think all three series they've lost game three. So they haven't gone to a rubber match yet. Um, you know, I've seen some LSU fans on social media kind of chirping about, you know, Sundays are our kryptonite. And what are we going to do about our Sunday starter? Our Sunday starter's keeping us from an Omaha run. There's a lot of SEC teams, though, I'll say, that, have issues pause pause for just a second pause
0: for just a second for a round of applause (laughs) thank you continue
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) so so uh no there's a lot of sec teams that battle that that's i think what's something that gives the gamecocks the upper hand is that they've got three studs you can roll out there in the weekend rotation unfortunately what is here's my questions with carolina what's the status of noah hall How is Will Sanders going to pitch after a week off against Paul schemes? And I understand to your point, Blake, that we haven't seen enough of him. And I think what you can do is you can fall in a dangerous trap. And I'm sure you're familiar with this. Like, when teams play Alabama in football, they lose before they even play to them. No no question. They lose to the tradition. They lose to the history because they put them on this pedestal and they make them out to be something even more than what they already are. So a guy like Paul Skeens, and I'm sure the Gamecock hitters aren't doing this, but the last thing you want to do is be sitting here tonight and being like, oh, man, like watching all his highlights, meet those 100. I don't know how we're going to hit him. Like, you got to go out there and believe, like, he ain't shit. We're going to rock it. You know, you got to have that confidence. And I think Carolina will. I think it's going to be probably the series of the year in college baseball. I think it's two great teams. I love the attitude I'm seeing from South Carolina. They're good. We're good. Let's go play. That should be the attitude, right? You embrace the gauntlet of the SEC. You embrace playing best on best. With that being said, and oh, by the way, you factor in LSU's lineup, Tommy Tanks, Dylan Cruz, Gavin Dugas. It's 20 I was doing my preview of the series before we jumped on, and I didn't even mention, like, Trey Morgan, who's a stud. He's yeah. a stud. He's in, like, 340. No big deal. I think LSU, I think it's back and forth. I I think if they get three games in, I think the Tigers have one more punch than South Carolina, even though the series is at Founders Park. I think LSU benefits from probably not having to get the worst of founders, if you will. So I've got LSU taking two out of three. I know Gamecock fans hate me for it, but I've always been known to give an honest opinion, an honest take, an honest pick, Blake. And So I'm going with LSU two of three. But I, I think South Carolina, because there's been a lot of questions about their schedule, who they've played, whatever, I think the Gamecocks, even in losing two of three, will show their for real this weekend. Like I think I they're gonna go toe toe with the best team in college baseball. I mean, listen, if you beat Paul Skeens, all bets are off. Hey, I all bets are off. But right now, you know, South Carolina, if there's one thing offensively they've been susceptible to, it's the strikeout. And damn it, Paul Skeens has got a lot of them. And I mean, his numbers, his spread, what is it like? 88 strikeouts yeah. to, or 83 strikeouts to eight walks. Yeah, I and, and, mean, not only does he throw 100, but he spots it. He spots right. it. Like, that's insane. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think if you're Carolina tomorrow night, the goal just has to be eight. You know, get your hacks off for sure. I mean, if you want to let your best guys, your Cassis, your Petries, your Messina's go up there, oh, oh, you get ahead and the count, sit that fastball, just pull the trigger and pray to God you run into it because it may not land if you do that. Short, not find a way, be productive, and Will Sanders has to be electric because you might have to win one, nothing, two to one, three to two. Welcome to Game One in the SEC. So it's going to be an electric weekend, but I'm going to roll with LSU right now too at three in the series.
0: Uh, Austin Greer on YouTube says Chris picking against SC worked well for him last night too. So I did, <laughs> I, I did see that. All right, Chris. I see
1: a lot of a lot of Gamecock fans will rejoice because they think I'm the kiss of death. So uh, <laughs> they, they think they think it'll go. They're like, thank God he didn't pick us to take the series because now it's guaranteed the yard cocks are going to get it done. So, yes, Hey, indeed. whatever I can do to help the game <laughs> All right,
0: so i got to ask you about Beamer Ball. How's it going this yeah, spring?
1: Man. It's going fantastic. I mean, I, I think in the spring, Blake, you can probably agree that, you know, no news is good news for the most Agreed. I mean, the last thing you want to hear is something big happened because normally it's something bad, right? Like somebody got hurt. Um, you know, something unexpected. Heck, I got know. somebody got in trouble. We've seen that already earlier in this year from South Carolina, but uh, no, things are going well, man. Spring game is next weekend. I mean, it's, it's never a bad time obviously to talk SEC football, but spring game next weekend, um, you know, just kind of trying to figure out not to sound like a coach, but trying to figure out who we got and who's going to contribute and, and who's not, if you will, but um, I mean, all accounts, man, spring is going well. I mean, Shane Beamer and company, they're keeping up the momentum in recruiting. They just had a Florida State DN, which edge is a position they need to bolster. They had a kid visiting today. You know, I think the portal opens May 1st. Yeah,
0: from Florida State, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're going to see them be very active, I think, in the portal, which, I mean, Shane Beamer's got a reputation now. He's obviously going to attack it, but they're going to be active, and I think getting an edge and a running back, but, you know, I think spring is going really well, based off what Shane Beamer said. I'm excited for the spring game, and uh, it'll be a great one, night spring game yet again. But, uh, I mean, there's plenty of momentum, man, right now around Beamer Ball. And, you know, you come off a season like they did, man, and beat Tennessee. And Clem sucks, as we call them on my show. So you beat <laughs> these two teams to to end the season. I mean, you, you close out a season the way they did, man, in improbable fashion. And uh, the hype train is full steam ahead, my friend. I can guarantee you that. But I guess if the Gamecocks need any sort of inspiration of why can't we win the SEC East, I mean, did anybody pick LSU to win the West last year? Hey, crazy things happen. You never know. I'm not trying to set unrealistic expectations, but
0: I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I I mean, look, let's call it what it is. I, I will be honest. I did not, okay? Like, I did not have LSU winning the West. I mean, because, look, when you – I mean, it's Bama. You know, you, they got Bryce Young and Will Anderson. So, no, I didn't. But Brian Kelly proved a lot of people wrong. Last question I want Brian to – Kelly. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I, I was going to say – Ryan Kelly must have
0: gotten a lot of support from his family. That's what happened. It worked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, that
1: joke. I yeah. know that joke's so old. I
0: apologize. Man, I apologize. can I, can I tell, event tell event. you something? Because, look, people, and I don't mean this in a cocky way, okay? You have a lot of followers on Twitter. We got a lot of followers on Twitter, yeah. Facebook, etc. The amount of it's like this Angel Reese thing in a way. Like I am so tired of oh. having to talk about the family thing. You know, <laughs> it was it got it's such to a point. I I actually you know how you can like unsearch words or if you you know like no words show up on your feed. Fa- words, yeah. Family was the yeah. number one word for like two months. Uh, I got to admit well,
1: to win some win some favor with the LSU folks. I was I was pro the trash talk, so I'm all for it. You know, it's I so funny too. we as is- I'll just say, quote-unquote, media. I don't put myself really in the media box. But I think we as just sports fans, like, we complain that these athletes are robots and, you know, they're just giving pre-canned answers. And then when they do finally show emotion, it's like, it's classless. Like, bro, just let them talk. Let them talk trash. If you don't like somebody doing this in your face, well, then don't let them beat you. I mean, I don't know what else to say. What did T.O. used to say? If you don't like me dancing in the end zone, don't let me score. It's true. It's as simple as that.
0: It's true. Uh, so Spencer Rattler, the last question I got for you tonight, Spencer Rattler. Look, the last let's just call it month of the season, he turned it on. He looked really good. A lot of people who written him off didn't have to, couldn't write him off anymore. New offensive coordinator Freddie Kitchens is in town now. I, I guess how do you see that offense rolling? Can they do what they did last year? Can they? Can they? Can they take down and slay the giant?
1: I think that's the big question, Blake, is which Spencer Rattler do we see more of, right? The one we saw in the final two games of the season or the first 10 games, right? Where Spencer Rattler, is right. crazy, Blake. A lot of people miss this. He threw more touchdowns, six. He had six touchdown passes in that Tennessee game. That was more than he threw in the entire month of the <laughs> right, that's, that's how badly the season had gone. At one point, he was five touchdowns to nine interceptions, right? So... You know, I think that's the big question is just consistency for Rattler. You know it's in there. You know he's got the talent. You know he's got the capability. It's just will he be more consistent? Obviously, you got Dowell Loggins coming in. He's an unproven commodity to a degree. That was a very highly debated topic, especially by yours truly. I wasn't exactly thrilled with the hire, right, a guy whose track record or resume in the NFL was just call it what it is, as porous as it was. But Shane Beamer believes in it. And I think the big question, did Shane Beamer and company learn from last year? Because when they dumbed it down and when they scaled back and they removed the 15-word play calls and they just said go play ball, things worked out well. Now, is that going to work out well enough to win nine, 10, 11 games? I have no idea, but it's going to be a lot more fun to watch in the process. So I think the offense will be better, Blake, to answer your question. I think Spencer Rattler will be better. This is his money year. Uh, he's done going to the NFL draft this one. He's got his favorite target back in Juice Wells, who right. emerged. I think you could argue he's the best returning pass catcher in the SEC. They loaded up with the tight end position. Nicholas Harbour comes in, by the way, who is like the fastest man alive. Yeah, basically.
0: that was that was uh, an outright steal. That kid's going to play day one, right. game one.
1: It was an outright yeah. steal. And, and Be- yeah, and Beamer said he's going to play wide receiver. So Spencer Rattler is Jesus. going to have weapons at his disposal. And I also like, don't think the the Gamecocks, I don't think they're going to be built to run the ball for 200 yards a game. So, I think a lot of it's going to fall on Rattler. I think they will be improved offensively. I don't think it will be nearly as dreadful to watch as it was at times. How much better? That's the question. I think what it comes down to for Rattler is just purely consistently. Consist- consistency, excuse me. And, again, he's got all the potential. He's got all the talent. We saw it the last two games. Can he do it on a consistent basis? And can he protect the football? Right. He was miserable at that a season ago. Got to be better in that. If you can do that, there's no reason why I think Spencer Rattler couldn't be, dare I say, an All-Conference quarterback at season's end. All
0: right, they people keep asking me to ask you this question. They said Brandon Reese is hashtag Ask Blake. Can you ask Chris how he feels about Oklahoma and Texas coming into the SEC? I
1: love it. I mean, I love it, man. As a content creator of an SEC team, oh uh, god. The league. I mean, why how, why, would, why would you not love it, right? You're bringing in two behemoths in the college sports world. And Oklahoma and Texas, and you think about the matchups. You know, I think everybody goes straight to football, and they think about that. What about baseball, man? We're talking about baseball. I mean, horns down, am I right? <laughs> I can't wait for it. I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm ecstatic. I, I think that you know, like Beamer said, man, you just got to embrace the competition and run towards it. And you know, we're getting closer, man, towards you know mega conferences, two or three big ones. But I agree. hey, it's good to be invited and in the party if you're there. So I, I think for LSU, South Carolina, and the rest of us. Why not join the party and, you know, best on best? And uh, it just makes it tougher, but, you know, that's uh, the, the pressure's there. It's always there. So it'll be a lot of fun to watch.
0: Hey, as I told, and I'm not going to say it, I'm married, but as I will say this very quietly, uh, it's, yeah, I ain't got to go home with the hottest girl at the party, but I'm going to go home with a honey. You know what I'm saying? You know? <laughs> All right, that's Chris Tillis, the Spurs <laughs> Up po- the Spurs Up podcast, Spurs Up show. Hey, man, tell everybody where they can find your stuff. And, and if you don't mind, send me the link to your to your shop. I want to get one of them hats, man.
1: Dude, yeah, no, I got you. I'll definitely hook you up with the, uh, with the merch for sure. But, yeah, we're at the Spurs uh, Up show, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok. We're all over social media. Uh, the podcast drops Monday, Thursday at uh, 5 a.m., by the way, for our early birds. But Monday, Thursday, when the podcast drops, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcast, And then we do a daily live show, which is called The Daily Crow, no pun intended, Uh, Monday through Friday, noon to 2, which airs on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And we take questions, comments, calls. So if any LSU folks you want to call in tomorrow, talk some baseball, would love to have it. Always love when the rival fans call in. Again, we do merchandise. We do events. We do a little bit of everything, man. But just look, look up the Spurs Up show anywhere. We got a website to thespursupshow.com. But look up the Spurs Up show anywhere, and uh, you'll find us.
0: Thank you so and much. I'll
1: definitely get you that hat, by the way, man. I, I, yes. I need to uh, – yeah, we, we, need, we need to have you rocking a Big Cock Club hat for sure.
0: <laughs> no doubt. I'll wear it with pride. I promise you. All right, that's Chris Phillips. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so uh, much.
1: Blake, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate uh, you having me. All
0: right, that's Chris Phillips. Fantastic, dude. Fantastic all we do here is bring on great guests all we do here is bring on great guests and he was one of them let's get to our final break of the show let's talk about our good friend carol Foss over at state farm that's carol Foss over at state farm we're back in 45 seconds guys you might know my good friend carol Foss and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300. 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor... State Farm is there, and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. All right, to close out the show, we'll go around your SEC. Vanderbilt takes on Missouri tomorrow. LSU, as we just talked about, has number six, but some polls have them number three. South Carolina. Mississippi State takes on Alabama mississippi i mean arkansas goes to old miss florida what an electric series this is going to be florida goes to tennessee and texas a will have auburn so really good weekend of some baseball as well looking forward to it uh, adam b says when i hear anyone say family i immediately get nauseous i do as well i do as well how played out was that crap right Very played out. All right. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Y'all have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.